Hi, everybody, and welcome to mini episode number 10 of Attendance Bias. I am your host, Brian Weinstein. Mini episodes of Attendance Bias feature a breakdown of a single song or a single jam from a show that I've attended. I'll give you a little background about what makes that song or that jam so special to me, and then we dive right in. These mini-episodes are posted on a bi-weekly basis in between full episodes of Attendance Bias, during which a guest and I go over a full fish show. Today's mini-episode features Crimes of the Mind from November 28, 2003 at the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. When someone brings up Nassau 2003, I would guess that 100% of fish fans automatically think of the show on February 28th, with the Destiny Unbound bust out and the all-time version of Tweezer. But, lest you forget, Fish played two shows at the Coliseum in 2003. There's that famous one in February, and then the lesser-known show over Thanksgiving weekend. This mini-episode is about that one. In 2003, I was in college in Buffalo, but you can imagine my excitement when Fish announced a short 20th anniversary tour that would consist over just four shows over Thanksgiving weekend. Stopping at some of their most storied cities along the Northeast Corridor, I was thrilled for a number of reasons. First, I would be home for Thanksgiving break during these shows, so there was no question I would see at least two of them. Second, the Friday night show, which was the first of the four, would be at the Nassau Coliseum. I've spoken in previous episodes about my love for the Coliseum, and not only would I be home, I lived 15 minutes from the venue, so I would be right away to get there, and not only that, dozens of my friends would be home too. After all, it was Thanksgiving weekend. It would be a homecoming show, and those are the best. Third, it was announced to be a 20th anniversary tour. And it's not really common for the band to overtly acknowledge any sort of anniversary or milestone. Usually it's the fans who do that, with setlist notes or online chatter. Therefore, the normal anticipation that I have for a fish show, which is already at a 10, was amplified by the fact that the band was effectively telling the audience this wasn't just a quick tour. It was a celebration, a purposeful celebration of two decades together. Immediately, my brain went into overdrive, you know, what would happen? Would each show focus on a different era of the band's history? Would each show feature a full run-through of one of their albums? Maybe a show with rarities or songs that they've never played live? Well, Fish chose none of the above. That lesson I keep learning over and over again, that Fish doesn't owe us anything, was reinforced at these shows, and we were greeted with, fairly pedestrian set lists with a few cute knickknacks on the side. One of those knickknacks, however, were guest spots, featuring important people from the band's past at three out of the four shows. The fourth show, the last one in Boston, featured a very touching 29-minute video that showed fans' highlights from the band's career, as well as rehearsal footage and other unseen stuff that was not accessible in a pre-YouTube world. As I've said many times on this podcast, I'm a sucker for the band's mythology. I mean, haven't we all dreamed about getting in a time machine and setting the controls for the University of Vermont in 1983? No? Just me? I don't believe you. But anyway, the four shows on this tour, in my opinion, were largely forgettable, musically speaking. I don't know if I've ever run into anybody or spoken to anybody who, when talking about Fish in general, or even just 2.0, or even 2003, that brings up anything from any of these shows. 
uh, regarding the jams or certain song performances, they were, like I said, kind of forgettable. In retrospect, I could also say that for me personally, they kind of signified the breaking point when the 2.0 era went from groundbreaking in 2003 to the downward spiral of 2004. Yet, out of all these shows, there were parts to love. And for me, the part of the Nassau Coliseum show that I loved was when Steve Pollock, the dude of life, came on for the encore to perform Crimes of the Mind for the first time in over 500 shows. At that point in my fish knowledge, I knew Crimes of the Mind. I mean, I knew the song and I knew the album. I'm pretty sure I never owned a copy, but I had heard it and I'd read up on it in Dean Budnick's book. So it was somewhere hanging in the back of my fish consciousness, but it wasn't the first thing I thought of when it came to fish. I knew the name of the song better than I knew the song itself, if that makes any sense. Yet when the band came on for the encore, pretty soon there were five people on stage. I didn't recognize the fifth because my seats weren't very good, but when the song started up, I still didn't quite recognize what was being played. two into it, Pollock sounded really good, and when they went into the chorus, it finally hit me what was being played and what was happening on the scale of the band's career. It finally dawned on me. This wasn't just a guest spot. This was a nod to their past and recognition of the past 20 years. In the song, there's the phrase, here's to modern times, and at that point, it contained really special resonance. I mean, after all, Fish was wrapping up an extremely successful year. 2003 was one of the best years of late. They had returned from their hiatus with a killer February tour, summer tour, and it, and there was a killer jam almost every night. It really became timely to cheers to modern times because they were at one of their big time peaks. And as the song progressed, the band and the dude settled into a really great groove. 
and as each chorus came around, the song increased in intensity. The crowd responded, and like always, the band and audience fed off each other really well. Trey went off on an energetic solo that led to the dude exulting and cheering the band. The fact that he toasted to 20 more incredible years of fish was peak optimism in the moment. Of course, none of us had any idea what 2004 held in store, that in four months, fish would play three disturbing shows in Las Vegas and would announce their breakup approximately a month after that. But during this encore at the first show of their 20th anniversary tour, the dude spoke for all of us. Thank you, Fish. Thank you for providing everything that they've provided and allowed them to grow with us and allowed us to grow with them. We were cheering, we were hugging, loving, and looking into the future with nothing but optimism. Even if I found the 20th anniversary shows overall unremarkable, it was all worth it just for this moment during this encore. Looking back, we're now about halfway through the dude's wish for 20 more incredible years of fish. Hopefully, fingers crossed, nothing disturbs that pace and we reach that 20-year mark and then maybe 20 more after that. I'd love to see the band until we're all old and gray. I mean, I don't remember too much about this show, musically speaking, although I know that the ghost into What's the Use in set one is really great and the debut of Crowd Control is certainly memorable. But I do remember the genuine thrill of seeing a figure from the band's past come out on stage, not only to bring us back to a special time, but also to speak for all of us on stage directly to the band, saying the things that we would all want to say. And he had the biggest microphone in the place. We want to tell them that we love them and to give them the best wishes for the future that we all hope for. The dude did that for us. And it was a really special moment in my fish-going career. I've come across Steve Pollock a few times since then. Uh, once at the man, again at Mohegan Sun. And, you know, just a kind of, hey, dude, here and there. And he's always been gracious. He's the most gracious, gregarious, and down-to-earth guy. He is us, and we are lucky to have him in the mix. And this was one of the best moments I could remember in my fish history. Next week on Attendance Bias, my guest is author Jason Gershany. Jason is the co-author of the delightful book, 100 Things Fish Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. I first got into fish before every minute detail about the band was instantly available on the internet. 
My background information was gained by talking with other fans, listening to tapes, whatever was posted on the fish.net FAQ, and literally memorizing stats and passages from the few books about the band that were published at the time. Jason's book is like a distillation of all of those sources in one accessible, easy-to-read guide to the basics of fish. I would recommend it to anybody, newbies and jaded vets alike. Jason chose to talk about August 6th, 2017 at Madison Square Garden. Of course, this was the final night of Fish's groundbreaking Baker's Dozen residency at MSG. There was so much for us to talk about, including the all-time version of Simple, the legacy of the Baker's Dozen, and how two guys whittle down which 100 things Fish fans should know and do before they die. If you enjoy Attendance Bias, please support the show by leaving a review and a rating on your favorite podcast app of choice. Or you could just tell one person about the show. Text them, talk to them, or whatever. Spread the word somehow. Thanks again. I am Brian Weinstein. I hope to see you next week on Attendance Bias.